0: back.
1: (音楽) We'll be right back. This
0: is Andy, welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast where we look back at very special episodes of TV from the past to see what they have to teach us today.
1: Today, we are watching Season 3, Episode 5 of The Golden Girls. Yeah. Isn't it romantic? You can watch it on Hulu, and it originally aired on November 8th, 1986.
0: Ah, and the writers on this are creator Susan Harris and also Jeffrey Duteal, who, you might be interested to know, also wrote on a show called Throb. No. Yep, which I'd never heard of. IMDb describes Throb- as a genial sitcom about a young record company exec and his attempts to discover new talent while scouting his own talent. Uh, it
1: starred... Was this on Skinamax, the way you... Uh...
0: I mean, that's the way it's. it says new talent while scouting his own quote-unquote talent.
1: Talent. Gross. Ew.
0: It starred Jane Levy, who is Daphne Moon on Fraser? Sure. And a teenage Paul Walker from Masterpiece Theater presents The Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> Rest in peace Paul Walker. I love that movie RIP. series so fucking much. And Hobbs and Shaw is just Have you seen the Have you seen the tra- Oh my god. It's it's fucking nutso. All this to say, no disrespect to Masterpiece Theater's uh, Fast and the Furious. Chelsea, I'm hungry.
1: I've got A snack I'm very excited about. Okay. So recently at the grocery store, I noticed that uh, Chips Ahoy is wilding out these days. Yeah, Chips Ahoy is (laughs) off the rails! And there are all kinds of new flavors and different combinations of things. Very cool. And so what I have today is Nabisco's Chewy Chips Ahoy Mm. made with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, sure. You heard that right. These are Chips Ahoy cookies with tiny Reese's peanut butter cups and chocolate chips and peanut butter chips. Uh, Miles already in took them. three of them. Miles has walked away with the snack. Well, wow, Miles he's taken the lion's share. All of them,
0: but one. Uh, I guess see.
1: we'll split this one. Sitting in the movie show, thinking nasty
0: <laughs> be a or you turn me off. Uh, Well, disclaimer, by the way, I do not like Chewy Chips Ahoy. Mm. My good friend Jessica Watts at one point pointed out that they're not as good as crunchy ones, and I haven't been able to disavow myself of that or haven't been able to dispel that notion. I uh, like
1: them. I'm always cognizant of the fact that whatever they put in them that makes them soft but doesn't spoil on the shelf oof. is some very advanced type of chemical that I should not be putting into my body. Yeah. It does. I would be more comfortable. It decreases my enjoyment slightly.
0: I would be more comfortable if they were using dark magic to do that. I'd be like, <laughs> cool. Oh, demon stuff? Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Pass it.
1: Uh, however,. In terms of enjoyability, mm-hmm. I do enjoy them. I don't think these are terribly reeses tasting. Nah. They just kind of tasted like regular Chewy Chips Ahoy to me, which are fine. I like those. Yeah,
0: I, I got it. I mean, I understood what they were going for, but uh, the execution falls a little short for me.
1: I agree. All
0: right. Well, Chelsea, let's talk about a goddamn episode of television then.
1: I would love to. Because, you know, uh, of so, all the shows so. that we talk about, mm-hmm. The Golden Girls is in my top five. I just love this show. And I feel like it's so smart and it holds up. The jokes hold up. It is one of the most beloved sitcoms of all time for a reason. This episode is going to deal with queer issues, LGBTQ plus issues, which the Golden Girls did with Frequency over the course of its run. It ran for seven seasons, 177 episodes from 1985 to 1992. For the, for that reason, for its depiction of these issues, it is widely hailed as like an iconic series for queer people. However, I in doing research for this episode, I encountered some varying opinions about how those issues were handled and broached. Yes. Now in retrospect looking back. At the time, it was groundbreaking just that they were on TV with these storylines, period.
0: Let's all try to remember that it's 1986. We're in the middle of the AIDS crisis and, you know, then January 16th of this year, the CDC reports that more people were diagnosed with AIDS in 1985 than in all the years combined and still not being talked about and neither any other queer issues at that
1: time. Yeah, and there had been gay characters on TV before this, going back to All in the Family, 1971, mm. the first really successful show to have a gay character. In one episode, Archie Bunker finds out that one of his friends, who's a fo- in season one, one of his close friends, a former NFL linebacker, right. is gay.
0: Which is a fantastic episode yeah. for how they handle it. It actually goes really well.
1: And then there are, you know, uh, we go through An American Family, Hot L Baltimore, Soap, uh, Billy Crystal, yeah. The Associates had a gay character, St. Elsewhere, Designing Women, broached a lot of queer issues as well. So we're this is not like the first time we've ever had a, a gay character on a major sitcom no. or a major show, but this is a time at which... People thought being gay was basically a death sentence.
0: For sure. And also, this was speaking from personal experience, this is around the time, it'd be a couple years later, but the the church starts taking its hardcore stance against my, the church that I went to started taking a hardcore stance against uh, uh, just being gay.
1: And while Golden Girls didn't feature any recurring gay characters or gay characters in lead roles, it did support its gay characters. They were smartly acted. They were smartly written. They were treated with respect or they fought for respect and ultimately got it. Mm -hmm. And the show helped to celebrate gay relationships at a time when they were seen as deadly. And they lived and loved and mourned just like everyone else. Millions of gay kids over the last decades have gotten to see these people and gotten to see the way that they could move through the world with respect and love from their friends and see gay love treated like Just love, you know? So in those ways, uh, are there things that now looking back on it, you wish you could fine tune with a 2019 sensibility? Sure. Sure. But the fact that these issues were presented in this way at this time is truly groundbreaking.
0: And I don't think that we can look at the Golden Girls and and see their specific context as anything other than what was represented in other pop culture. It doesn't make it right, but it doesn't make it as malicious as, you know... Like, Golden Girls wasn't after anybody.
1: Right. And
0: they couldn't have been because they're very old and slow.
1: They're very slow. They just need to take it easy. Mm -hmm. Again, in case you're somehow not familiar with the premise of the Golden Girls... Four previously married women, now some widowed, some divorced, live together in Florida. They see each other through all the ups and downs associated with Mm -hmm. this latter stage of life. They eat cheesecake. They are funny. Dorothy, is played by B. Arthur, is the smart one. She's kind of arch and funny. Her mother, Sophia, is mean and blunt, but also loving. Rose is the gullible, kind of dumb, but sweet one. Mm -hmm. And Blanche is the thirsty one. The thirsty archetype. We refer to her as the Blanche archetype when we talk about other shows. It's very true. And the show deals with everything from mortality... To like in assisted suicide, you know they're older. Yeah. Uh, they, there's plots about artificial insemination, AIDS, menopause. Um,
0: there was a menopause episode. Menopause,
1: doctors not believing you. Yes, uh, assault. Rose at some point gets addicted to painkillers. Yeah, gambling Dorothy's Addicted to gambling. One, um, yes. So, but a lot of the time it's dating hijinks, wacky neighbors, competition between the women over things like being volunteer of the year. But it didn't shy away from these larger issues. And over seven seasons, it racked up 68 Emmy nominations, 11 wins, and ranked consistently as one of the highest rated programs during its run. You know, it was very successful and critically lauded and still much beloved all these years after it. For sure.
0: And I want to uh, make a note. Last time we we talked about the Golden Girls was our episode called Memorize a Horse, which dealt with Dorothy's gambling addiction. And I was just so-so on that show. Constant listeners, I have come back around to this. This show is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's great. And it doesn't take long for me to write that down because the first thing that happens in this is hilarious.
1: Susan Harris, greatest of all time. She's right up there with Linda bloodworth Thompson for me. Sure. Also, we have a special guest with us today <laughs> in the studio. We have a tiny doll of Estelle Getty holding yes. uh, holding a little straw purse, looking, and she's wearing a brooch, and she's here watching over us.
0: Yes, this is a, a gift that I received from Chelsea for Christmas.
1: Yeah. She's here to, to just make sure we stay on track. And if okay.
0: anybody's horny, she's going to call you a whore Holy about it. Holy shit.
1: Okay, so act one. The Miles, ordinary, I'm looking at you. The ordinary world. We almost don't get any ordinary world cuz <laughs> the first really thing does. that happens has never happened before on ma this comes show. Racing into she's the living room. Racing she's got a paper bag and a bag of a, a bag of popcorn. <laughs> she seems super eager to watch the video. She's got a video in the bag. She's very excited. And she sits down, she pops it in, she opens the popcorn, and then her daughter Dorothy comes in and she's like, "What are you watching, ma?" And she says, "I don't know, one of them Steven Spielberg movies." <laughs> like she asks she acts like she has no idea. With. It's just something yeah. I picked up. Nope, it's a porno.
0: Dorothy <laughs> says, "What are they doing to each other?" I'd like to point out
1: here: all these women have been married.
0: Yeah, for for sure, uh, it must be a raucous time. Also, interesting choice of music for this porno. <laughs> Did you notice? The, no, I didn't notice. It was like a twangy cowboy
1: slide guitar. Oh, interesting. It, it was, One of them cowboy dirty movies, I guess so. Why Memorize not? a horse, indeed. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, Dorothy is scandalized that her mother is watching this. She tries to turn the feels. movie off, but she only succeeds in fast forwarding it. Hilarious. Rose and Blanche come home. Rose is scandalized, of course. What are they doing? And Blanche is all admiration. of Yeah, course, she's for the like acrobatic couple. I
0: know what that is.
1: She's like, I've just never seen anyone do it that fast. And
0: then, and then Dorothy accidentally hits it in reverse. Uh, puts in reverse and Blanche says, "I did that once," and I think the less we think about <laughs> <laughs> what we're what seeing we're here, seeing, yeah. yeah, it's problematic, problematic.
1: But it's funny because they all look at her like, "Ew," and she goes, "It was his birthday," and <laughs> saunters off. Sure. Just always proud to be Blanche. It was
0: somebody's birthday, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) So next we have the call to adventure. And we find out that Dorothy has a friend visiting, Jean. Mm -hmm. Jean just landed at the airport. She's on her way. She's going to be staying with the girls for a few days. And we find out in very... Carefully coded language that Jean's partner has died a year ago. they were together eight years. The partner's name was Pat. Dorothy never says the word married mm-hmm. Rose and Blanche, who've never met her before, assume that Pat was a man, this was her husband, and Jean is a grieving widow, yeah. like three of the four of them are
0: yeah and immediately Rose says that she can relate she mm-hmm. lost her husband Charlie, which I'm assuming he died in that flowers for now' She're not <laughs> an accident. <laughs> <laughs> because Rose is dumb. Rose identifies immediately. She's like, oh, the first year after Charlie died was horrible. Yeah. We need to make her feel better. And her solution famous ice cream clown Sundays. Yeah. She's going to make famous, her famous ice cream clown Sundays. Very famous. Problematic. Yeah. Uh, and Dorothy of
1: says, of course, in her perfectly flawless arch delivery if that doesn't fill the void, <laughs> nothing will. <laughs>
0: So Rose leaves, uh, um, Blanche is So Rose is gone. leaves,
1: yes. And as soon as she leaves the room, Dor- Dorothy says, she's wondering, should I tell Rose and Blanche that Jean is a lesbian? Her mother, Sophia, has already figured it out. She says that she's known since the girls were in college.
0: Because a mother knows. A
1: mother knows. But yeah. she says she doesn't see the problem or why Dorothy wouldn't tell the other women. She's just like, yeah, Jean's gay and I don't, you know, she's staying here. I don't know why you wouldn't tell the other women. But Dorothy is, and this is a testament to her sensitivity. Mm-hmm. That especially in the mid 80s, you don't just out gay people, yeah. You have to, add, you ask you normally ask their preference, you know, like, sure. uh, so instead of just telling the girls, she's like, I want you know, and then when Jean arrives, she asks Jean, like, what do you want to do yeah. about it? So it is even now, before the character's been introduced, we have some sensitivity around the subject,
0: absolutely. And 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 piggybacking on that, in case you were worried as an audience member, it's like, uh oh, are they going to discuss whether or not being gay is all right? Ma says, quote, Jean is a nice person. She happens to like girls instead of guys. Some people like cats instead of dogs. Frankly, I'd rather live with a lesbian than a cat. Unless, Unless the, the lesbian, lesbian sheds. sheds. Then I don't know. <laughs> it's phenomenal. I mean, just it's like. so good. Look, it's just, we've, this has been like, by the way, everything that we've talked about has happened in two minutes. Yeah. We've set everything up. The The way the show is written is just brilliant. We're, uh, Jean's about to arrive. But before that, we've got everything. Yep. We know like who thinks what and who feels what kind of a way. I think Blanche has already Blanche, <laughs> Blanche has already said, let's get that woman to fucking
1: Yeah, she's basically like I'm gonna take her to the club. So um <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh Blanche and fifty cents both you da can club. find them both in the club.
1: DA Club. DA Club so, so now we get into we've already crossed the first threshold. Jean arrives, and now we're in the special world, For sure. the special world of a lesbian in the house. And now we start the majority of the storytelling. Yeah. And Sophia straight up asks Jean. Sophia says very bluntly, <laughs> yeah. "The lesbian thing, you keep that under wraps. So you you tell it people, hats, keep that by under the your way. Hat. And Jean term. says, I'm not embarrassed about who I am, but you know your friends. Do you think they're the kind of people who can handle it? If they are, I'd rather tell them. Rose bursts through the kitchen door with her clown Sundays, and Jean, because I assume she thinks Rose is quaint and dumb, She's she must also be small minded and bigoted. So she looks I- she looks at Dorothy and goes. It'll be our little secret. Like any woman yeah. that makes clown Sundays is not ready to handle the fact that there's a lesbian in her home. It's just more piling on Rose. It's I, it,
0: I get it. I understand what you're saying. But I think that it was an idea of worldliness and maturity. Yes. That especially at that time, people were like, well, you, you, if you don't know about it, it's, it's a whole conversation.
1: Right. I like that there is a lot of piling on Rose about being from a small town and being dumb. But it almost always she gets by the end of the episode she yeah. proves that wrong.
0: Spoiler this is no exception. Yeah. And let's talk about these goddamn Sundays, by the way. These are some sad Sundays.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've all seen a clown Sunday. You know, it's like the ice cream scoop on the bottom and then you put the cone on top like a little hat and yeah. then you make a little face on it.
0: But she makes the face with raisins by the way. Yeah, no, that's it. an M&M. That's an M&M's
1: it. job. And also our jelly beans' job. What do you suppose
0: I I I asked aloud at my television set, how what do you how are you eating these things? Do you take the cone off and then yeah, shovel some in the cone? Yeah, and you break pieces
1: of it off or something uh. even like ice cream nachos. Yeah, it's really sure. for it's just for the gram. It's just the the initial well, picture, and then you, eating it is a mess.
0: Ma, Ma immediately starts, I don't know why I concentrated on this, like it was so many sleepy beagles. I, I saw immediately that, that Ma takes one and starts eating it with a spoon very yeah. daintily. That's fine.
1: Ma's immediately like, well, if there's ice cream in the room, the rest but, of you can continue chatting. I'll be over here.
0: But then later, near the end of the scene... We see that Rose is just eating the cone by itself sure. like an uneducated barbarian. <laughs> what? Nobody eats just cones, Rose. They're kind of delicious. Dude, there's ice cream right it's there. It's true. It's not uh, just a lack
1: of ice cream. It just doesn't um, make any sense. We've anyway. also now set up a bunch of jokes that center around the dramatic irony that people don't have enough information to know they're being funny. Yeah. So. Rose and Blanche don't know that Jean's a lesbian. Mm -hmm. The other three people in the house do. Rose wants to take Jean to the club to meet men and Jean's like i don't want to go no thank you and rose says maybe you're not ready for men and sophia says you don't know the half of it exactly laugh track there's a lot of that there's a lot of that throughout the episode dorothy says
0: me. you can stay in my room gene not a word ma
1: yeah so there's a lot of like some people don't know they're being funny um mm-hmm. or don't have enough information to process why that's funny
0: which people would be like what are you talking about
1: yeah exactly what is what'd you call me um what did you
0: say about me you want so, to fight Dorothy? <laughs> let's fight. Fucking golden fight club. In-
1: <laughs> <laughs> the next morning over breakfast, Blanche, ever the Blanche, mm-hmm. is harping, really harping on trying to get Gene to hook up with some she random really Floridian dude. She wants him to fuck a dude. And Gene just kind of demurs. But it turns out, we find out in this moment, that Jean was raised on a dairy farm, just like Rose, Wolf. and Rose could not be more delighted with this information. She
0: would be less excited if Jean actually turned out to be her long-lost sister. <laughs> She'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> Whatever, cool. cool. You want some more coffee or what? But dairy farm, that's for life.
1: They sit down, they start talking very animatedly. The rest of the women leave the room like, we don't really want to care about dairy farming. Mm. And then Rose says, Jean, do you want to go to an early matinee? And they're really hitting it. It off.
0: What could go wrong? Yeah. Or right. Or
1: right. Cut to a few days later. It's raining. It's raining. Sophia's gone back to the video store to get more smutty videos. She Lord. says she's, she was sad to find out The Seven Brides or Seven Brothers was a musical, <laughs> which did make
0: me She laugh. was out in the pouring rain to rent more pornography. <laughs> I love you, Estelle Getty. Because yeah. I assume it's Estelle Getty was like, well, maybe Ma should rent some porns. You know,
1: it doesn't exist yet the internet. <laughs> Not so, at all. They so we have to go out in the
0: rain for porn. They wouldn't have understood it anyway.
1: So, Blanche says,
0: a troubling line, by the way uh, the rain reminds her of her first. Kiss, which happened in a shower. In a
1: shower, Mm-mm. yeah.
0: Again, a lot of Blanche stuff. The Everyone's... less you think about it, yeah.
1: Don't go too yeah. deep with that.
0: That's what, Blanche said. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: what Blanche said. Oh my god! Dorothy and Blanche are talking, and they say, "Oh, Jean and Rose must be having lunch together again." So now we get the idea. It's several days later. That Jean and Rose have been having lunches together. They're getting very close. And Blanche notices, she comments, that every time she brings up the subject of men around Jean, either she or either Jean or Dorothy changes the subject. And Blanche thinks that she has sleuthed this out yeah. and chalks this up to she's like, Jean is seeing a married man. She's
0: real smug about it.
1: Uh, I wasn't born yesterday. And Dorothy's like, yep, you've hit the nail right on the head. So Rose comes in crying. Yep. And she says they saw Love Story and Terms of Endearment at the movies. And now she's just fucking wrecked. And I'm it's like, the, why? Yeah, why
0: would anybody why do this to themselves? Why you do to that themself? to yourself? It's the Crimea River matinee at why? the Rialto.
1: I can only assume Justin Timberlake was there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jean asked to speak to Dorothy privately. And she says, I'm leaving early. And Dorothy's like, what, Jean? Why? And she says, it's because she hasn't met anybody like Rose in a long time. And, and she she's thinks she's falling, falling in love.
1: love. Yeah, obviously.
0: Bow, 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 bow.
1: obviously, this is a problem, not because gay love is a problem, but because Rose is not gay that sure. we know it's problematic. Jean feels kind of like I'm about to break my own heart, you know, like mm. I'm going to fall for this person that is not going to reciprocate. And I got to get out of here before my feelings deepen. And Jean's like, I got to get I got to get out of here before my feelings deepen. I did not come to Florida to catch feelings. That's what she said in so many words. And so Dorothy doesn't respond that we see. That's the end yeah, of the Yeah, it's one of those things scene. where
0: it's like, this conversation should go on a little longer. And even though we cut away, what do they just stop talking?
1: Yeah, right. Like,
0: that's the end of this conversation. Dorothy runs from the
1: room. So uh, cut. You
0: heard the music. Right. And we have to stop talking.
1: So cut to Dorothy's bedroom later that night. Dorothy lies awake in bed. In a full face of makeup, <laughs> trying to True. fall asleep next to her mother, who's in her room. Oh, this is a plot point. So, Jean is sleeping in Sophia's room. Right. So, she can have her own room as the guest. And Sophia and Dorothy are sharing a room and yeah. a, a bed. Dorothy asks her mother, "What do? You, what would you think if one of your kids were gay? And Sophia says this line that I, I really tickled me. Dorothy, I know you don't get many dates, but stick with what you know. At your age it's very hard to break into something new.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it's very true. Uh yeah, she at first she's like, I knew it. I knew Phil was gay, like their their Dorothy's brother, I Dorothy's guess. Dorothy's brother,
1: who will turn out to be a cross dresser. What? He's a married man and father, straight, identifies as straight, but will turn out to have like have been a cross dresser. And there's a, a whole mother, episode about King Shaming. Mother
0: always knows. Mother knows uh, but then again just to make sure that nobody's getting the wrong impression here she says it wouldn't change my feelings towards you and i'd wish uh, i'd wish you the the all the happiness in the world
1: yeah she says i w- if i had a gay child i wouldn't love him one little bit less yeah. and in some of the articles that i read about the treatment of gay people on the golden girls they specifically pointed to that line as mm. like a line that a lot of people would have been very heartened to hear a For lot sure. of gay kids and teens and adults even to hear this old cranky old Sicilian woman yeah. say if I had a gay kid I wouldn't love them any, any any less and I would wish them all the happiness in the world.
0: Absolutely. So, Dorothy, so then Dorothy says,
1: yeah. yeah, Jean's in love with Rose and Sophia laughs her wow. butt off. She cackles. She cannot stop laughing.
0: Like an old porn watching lady she cackles. <laughs>
1: Which then makes Dorothy laugh. So then they're yep. both laughing because it's just kind of unlikely and it's 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 funny because Rose is Rose. Well, sure. I mean, and then Blanche hears this from the hallway and bursts yeah. in to see what's so funny, which I'm like, Blanche, Maybe, do we
0: mind, knock? Mind your own fucking, fucking business, knock. number one. Are you just like wailing awake at end like, is someone having fun without me?
1: <laughs> Sophia starts... By telling her Jean's a lesbian, and Blanche understands this is Lebanese. Sure.
0: It's a stupid joke that they do really well. She's like, well, isn't Danny Thomas one of them? <laughs> and there's a long pause as the audience gets it, and then Dorothy's like,
1: "Lebanese, yeah, not Lebanese. So then, then Blanche goes for the old, but Jean's a very attractive woman. She could have any man she wants, which I'm glad the show brings this up, because this was kind of a common POV of like, oh, lesbians are the women that no men would date. You know, that was kind of a... Uh, Also, that was a thing of like, well, feminists to the ugly women that no men would date. That was sort of a stupid, common misunderstanding. So I'm kind of glad they bring that up and then immediately...
0: Breaking down barriers left and right. Yeah,
1: Blanche goes, she could have any man she wants and Dorothy counters with, she doesn't want them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Blanche says she's fine with it until Dorothy says that Rose has... uh, She has feelings for Rose and Blanche gets super jealous right away.
1: It's it's the most Blanche response ever. She's like, Jean can do whatever she wants and then they're like... She's in love with Rose and Blanche is incensed. She's like, I'm so much hotter than Rose. Why is she? And the studio audience goes berserk with laughter. This is the funniest thing that's ever happened to them in their entire lives.
0: Yeah. I wrote down that uh, Blanche gets super jealous slash horny, not to say that she's turned on by this idea, but that I assume all of her emotions are informed by horniness. Yes, yes, yes. Like there's horniness at the corner of her being, and then from that well springs uh, anger horny or sad horny. Yep.
1: And then she sort of prances out of the room in one of her many nightgowns. Every woman in this show has seventy seven nightgowns. Nightgowns. You never see them in the same one two days in a row. It's like they go to bed in one nightgown and then the morning the breakfast they change into their breakfast nightgown the next day. So
0: (laughs) breakfast gown.
1: The next (laughs) night all the women are turning in for bed. They've been playing cards. Sophia has caught a cold, and Dorothy says this is what she deserves for going out in the rain to rent smutty movies. She's been
0: running around in the rain <laughs> renting
1: porn. So now she's yeah. got a cold. So Dorothy says, why don't you sleep in your own room? Because no, I don't want to catch your cold. And Jean, you can share a room with Dorothy. So the new sleeping arrangements are Sophia's back in her room. Jean is supposed to sleep with Dorothy tonight. Yeah. Lynch says, tonight's the night I do my facial compresses and packs. And it takes an hour, but it keeps my skin as smooth as a baby's bottom. And Dorothy says, that explains the urge I sometimes have to diaper your head. Which, look, I can punch this up real quickly. You do that. Say that keeps my face as smooth as a baby's bottom. Say it.
0: Okay. Yeah, it keeps my head as smooth as a baby's bottom.
1: That explains the urge I sometimes have to smack your face. That's good. Better.
0: But remember, we're talking about the... No one
1: diapers anyone's head.
0: Hold on, Chelsea. In the immortal worlds of Chelsea, I think they're trying to say that her butt's in her brain.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit. Her butt's in her brain. She's a shithead. Her brain's in her butt. It's a a reverse-y. I just don't understand.
0: No, I mean, your your joke is better, but I'm saying of the time. I fixed it. You did it.
1: All these years later. So Rose and Jean are going to stay up and play cards like teens at a slumber party, they say. So the, the other women go to bed and they stay up. Rose talks about how her dad wouldn't let her go to the <laughs> prom. My favorite joke of the episode. Same. Her prom, her dad wouldn't let her go to prom with the one British exchange student they had because of the language barrier. Hilarious. And Rose says, daddy was a very caring and ignorant man. It's just And I perfect. laughed so hard.
0: So then there's a, a sort of cut. And it's just a later on that night. Yeah, They're still sitting around talking. It's and- 2 a.m. It's two AM and they're they're talking about like how awful it is to lose somebody yeah. and how lonely it feels, which will, you know.
1: Yeah, swapping widow stories.
0: Swapping widow stories.
1: And it's a good moment because even though Rose doesn't know that Gene is talking about Pat who was a woman, it makes this point subtly that this is the same grief. The grief of losing a person you were legally married to and the grief of losing a same-sex partner is the same grief.
0: So they realize it's 2 a.m. in the morning, 2 a.m. in the morning, ATM machine. (laughs) <laughs> I have to use the ATM machine at two o'clock in the morning. FAQ questions, and make sure that I use my PIN number,
1: personal identification number.
0: They used that last time, didn't yep. they? Boy, yep. <laughs> these oh, you girls, these ladies, you golden, golden
1: girls.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they have to go to bed, and Rose tells Jean she doesn't. You know, don't don't go wake up Dorothy. You can sleep in my room.
1: Yeah. So this throws Jean into a bit of a tizzy because she's like, I, I'm. I feel like I have to say something. And they've they've been bonding and sharing these really yeah. deep, intimate stories about how lonely it is to lose a partner. And Rose goes to bed, and Jean's in the bathroom, I guess. And we see a clock which says 2.20. So now we know it's 20 oh, minutes later. I didn't see that. Yeah. So it's 20 minutes later, and Rose is asleep. And Jean kind of wakes her up, and Rose is a little bit half awake. And she says, Rose, I think you're special, and, and I... I'm so fond of you, and Rose is sort of mumbling reciprocation like you're special too. I'm fond of you as well. And then a light bulb goes on in her eyes, it's, fly open. It's the it's when
0: she says I'm quite fond of you, which today I, I'm guessing meant something more to them. Today I would be like, yeah, just friends. I get it.
1: Yeah, no, but it was a, it was this tone of voice that was very loaded.
0: Maybe, that's and right. I think
1: it's just a testament to Rose being not the. You know, like farm-bred dumbass yeah. that they're always trying to make her out to be. She she understands what's yep. being said, and it kind of freaks her out a little bit, and so she starts pretending to snore. Right.
0: And then Jean, you know, taking a hint, she goes to sleep on the couch in the room, which I didn't know you were allowed to do. I didn't know that you could put a couch in your bedroom.
1: Oh, yeah, man. You bedroom can put a couch is- anywhere it'll fit.
0: Well, here's the fucking thing. Not only is there a bedroom couch, there's a bedroom armchair and a bedroom coffee table. Yep. My mind was blown. Yeah,
1: just sitting This is why I here. didn't notice
0: the clock, because I'm just like, what? You can do
1: that? <laughs> yep. I've seen, wait for it, couches in kitchens. Which I love. That's madness. I love because then you can be like cooking and someone's coming over or your spouse is there just like chilling on the couch drinking wine. Anyway. well, no, put uh, a couch anywhere a couch will fit. That's, well, that's how I feel about it. You know
0: what I'm, I'm I saying? I don't care
1: what the Supreme Court says. You can put a couch anywhere a couch <laughs> will fit.
0: Here's my, my solemn promise if I ever have the means to do so. A couch in every room of the property. A couch in every room, room. A chicken
1: in every pot.
0: Bathroom. Couch. Closet. Couch. Bathroom feels excessive. Not the bathroom. No. Guest bathroom? Sure. You don't know what your guests need. You know what what we'll do? Uh, We. You know what I'll do (laughs) alone with my cats?
1: When (laughs) When I decorate your house?
0: No. I was thinking of some imaginary wife. No. What we'll do is we'll put a fainting couch... And oh, it's a chef's lounge. I yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. You know, Very classy. Like, like women need. Yeah, because could, we do faint a lot. We faint at all We fainted
1: times. more when we were shoved into corsets and not fed. Unrelated. But we still faint. Okay, so now we're approaching <laughs> You the- get the
0: vapors. It's fine. <laughs> So, so Rose now, goes to sleep, Jean goes to sleep on the, the couch.
1: Yeah, the music goes... Yeah. So now we're approaching the Inmost Cave. It's the next morning, everyone's in a different nightgown than what they went to sleep in. Rose uh, comes says, into the kitchen. Dorothy mm. and Blanche are chatting in the kitchen. No one has seen Jean. Rose comes in and says, Dorothy, can I speak to you alone?
0: There's one problematic part of this scene where Dorothy's like... Oh, uh, Jean didn't sleep in my room. She must have slept with Ma. Ma comes in and didn't sleep with me. Oh. And Blanche is there. And Blanche says, Dorothy, you don't suppose that Jean would ever... Yeah, finish that thought. Blanche, what?
1: Hit on Rose? Hit Rape on Rose? Rose? Yeah, yeah,
0: it was That was the most problematic thing. That and when Rose comes in and says that Jean did, in fact, sleep in her room... Dorothy goes, oh, my good. Everybody acts like she's done something horribly wrong. Right. Like, I even think if it, would had, be, it
1: would be funnier if it, they had been like, do you think Rose would ever? Yeah. And then it's sort of like, and oh, she comes maybe in, Rose is enduring like, exper- an, an experimental phase of her geriatric it'd years.
0: It would be great if this ended that way, where Rose comes in and is like, I fucked Jean. <laughs> and, and everybody high fives her. And then Ma's like... I better get some different porn for tonight. And then it's over. And
1: then it's great. We are so, fucking killing rewrites on this episode. Punch it up. Somebody get us on this reboot, which you know is inevitable. Yep. So I just realized, too, in this moment that Gene and Pat had the perfect lesbian relationship for the 80s because Gene could refer to Pat and Pat could refer to Gene by their first names. Yeah. And, and people would just assume those were both men's names. It's like
0: that documentary, uh, It's Pat.
1: It was a great documentary. Yeah,
0: it really taught us a thing or two, it made us think. And then stop thinking. <laughs>
1: So now Rose says to Dorothy, "Gene is gay," and Dorothy goes, "Yeah, every other woman in this house already knows that." They're
0: speaking alone, yeah. I guess they're. Yeah, she's hurt. She's like, "You told everybody but me."
1: Yeah, and Dorothy's like, "Look, I didn't even know if you would understand what it was." And and Rose goes, "I could have looked it up." (laughs) And Rose, actually, to her credit, and to the credit of the writers is more concerned in this moment for Gene's yeah. feelings than anything else. She's this not offended. Very... She's not grossed yes. out. She's like, Jean has feelings for me that I don't reciprocate and now I'm worried. Yeah. Of what do I do? Um. How do I make this less awkward? How do I not break her heart? She didn't say any of this, but this is Rose's concern for Jean's feelings. Jean comes in with a suitcase. She's dressed. She's, She's ready like, to leave. I am gonna go. Yeah, and again to her credit, Rose instead of being like "See ya," I just remembered I have a I have to go memorize a horse. Uh, <laughs> Rose says, "May I speak to Jean alone?" Yeah, and Dorothy leaves, and it's yep. just the two of them. So now we have, we are uh, gonna do the supreme ordeal now, the climax of the action.
0: Jean and Rose talk. It's- it's brief. I was surprised at how quickly this gets done. Jean sort of apologizes. She 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 says something along the lines of, I shouldn't have said anything at all. I don't... I, I think that you should be free to tell anybody the way that you feel, for sure. I'm going to say maybe not when that person's half asleep. Maybe find a better way to communicate. Yeah,
1: and I think it was more too along the lines of like, I wasn't upfront about who I was from the beginning. So we were having this friendship thing that was getting deeper and I was having one experience and you were having another experience. Yeah. It's not laid out that way, but basically she's like, I've been really alone this past year and I never thought I could feel anything for anyone again since Pat died until I met you. Yeah. And Rose says,
0: Oh, this is gorgeous by the way.
1: I don't understand these kinds of feelings, but if I did and I were like you, then I would be flattered and proud that you thought of me that way.
0: Fucking two episodes that we reviewed. Fucking Rose slammed it. Yeah.
1: Although now, if if we will, if we look at it through a 2019 lens, you would want her to say doesn't like gay crushes and regular crushes are the same thing. You know, like I don't understand those feelings you're having. Oh, I
0: see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but you know, nice. however,
1: we're splitting hairs. And then Rose says, you know, you don't have to leave unless our friendship isn't enough and jean says it's enough you like it's great to be friends with you and it's really beautiful from both of them again it's another episode of golden girls where it, the writers could have taken a much easier way out of this For sure. and they did the layered nuanced thing instead and rose's sort of like emotional intelligence Saves the day. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Then Ma comes in while they're still hugging. Rose says, it's not what it looks like. And Ma says, I know. I was listening at the door. Right. And they say, uh, and Rose says, why were you listening at the door? And she's like, because I wasn't tall enough to see in the window.
1: Yeah. And then and we then, cut to the window where Dorothy and Blanche have been watching this whole thing. And this is
0: where I've actually written down, oh, you girls, you golden, golden girls. <laughs>
1: Cue the happy music. All is, all is good again in Florida.
0: It's fantastic. So I wanted to research gay panic, which is, you know... A, it's, it's like happens. satanic
1: panic, but gayer. It
0: is, but it's much bigger of a problem. It happens in this episode when they think that Rose has slept with Gene, and they're like, oh no. Yeah. And, and the way that people react, this has been an easy joke since... <laughs> gay characters first started appearing on mm-hmm. sitcoms, it was the idea that somebody insinuates that uh, a, usually a male character is gay and they immediately have to flat out refuse it and make sure that they they everybody knows I'm not gay and yeah. also often do something masculine or get angry. I would love to tell you that this this died in like the eighties. <laughs> it did not. It was uh, central plots for TV shows like Three's Company and Bosom Buddies, punchline for decades and into the nineties, the late nineties, where it was on Friends very frequently.
1: Mm, oh yeah, so
0: much so that when I did this research, I I came across like a hundred articles that were like. Do we need to give friends a pass
1: for which their is so homophobia? Strange because the whole inciting incident of the series for Ross is that his wife has left him for another woman, which they present as a like a viable alternative to being like married to him.
0: You don't feel like that was a little bit like, "Oh, Ross, he's this emasculated character. How do we convey that oh, his wife hooked up with another woman?" I'm just saying I mean, saying- I
1: guess I suppose it can be seen that way, but I I just feel like Pilot set this sort of tone of like, this is the 90s, your wife might leave you for another woman. And then the series backed off of that.
0: I think that that's more, that's probably pretty accurate because Friends has so many examples of homophobia, transphobia, every, everything. Yeah. It happens in uh, How I Met Your Mother and just a, a bunch of them. It's problematic. It was accepted at the time. And I still feel like right now we're just kind of like, man. That sure did stink. Oh, well, I guess we're done with it. We're not done with it. Mm. Here's where it takes a horrible uh, turn. Let's start with the history of gay panic. Oh, God. Homosexual panic was a um, psychological diagnosis coined by Edward J. Kempf in 1920 and described as a condition of panic due to the pressure of uncomfortable, perverse sexual cravings. Uh, It's no longer recognized.
1: Wait, is the panic in a gay person or in a person... Confronted with a gay person.
0: It is in the person confronted with a gay person.
1: Right. And then people used this as defense in court, didn't they? We're getting there. Okay. so right. This is bringing up some of my true crime knowledge.
0: Boy, it's it's rough. The way that Kempf conducted his studies was to interview people who were institutionalized and related this uh, homosexual panic to people with hallucinations and delusions and suicidal ideation, really inflating what it was. Here's the problem. Number one, that any of this happened. Number two, when people started using this as an actual diagnosis, they left out a key part of Edward Kemp's research and diagnosis. Mm. And that was, this isn't a panic that is brought on by somebody with unwelcomed homosexual advances. What the actual disorder, quote unquote, was, is the fear of the gay feelings inside yourself that are stirred up.
1: Oh. Which- So it's like internalized self-hatred. It
0: is internalized self-hatred, or internalized confusion, or an idea that sexuality is binary, and therefore, if I feel even a little weird, then there must be something horribly wrong. Right,
1: and this is what prompts people to first- solicit dates from trans sex workers and then kill them.
0: Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. I
1: can't deal with what I want.
0: Yep. And uh, that's where we get to an even darker turn. California, Illinois, Rhode Island, and Nevada are the only states in America which have explicitly banned the use of the gay panic defense in court. Yep. It's a legal defense, usually employed when a defendant's guilt is unquestionable, to establish a case of mental deficiency or temporary insanity in someone who has murdered or assaulted somebody. It's also a very convenient way if you are clearly going to be, if the court is seeking, uh, convicting you of a hate crime, it's a way to say it wasn't a hate crime. I was, you know, I'm the victim here, really. Right.
1: I feel like that is not a very common defense anymore, though, because in this day and age, or it might be something you would try, and then a judge or a jury would be like, yeah that we don't give passes for that anymore it's
0: not it's really not that bad but the the cases the the most um... cuz i've
1: heard of this on true crime yeah f- especially in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s of like he was hitting on me yeah. and so i had to stab him in the neck and it's like cool yeah. you're the worst person yeah. that ever worsted
0: the most <laughs> you are worst to sheer sauce <laughs> um it's the most famous case is the Jenny Jones murder, where someone was brought on to uh, be confronted by their crush, and it turned out their crush was another man. And then three days later, that person killed the homosexual man. That dude should have been convicted for first degree murder, but because he used the gay panic defense, he got charges reduced to reduce the second degree murder and was sentenced to 25 to 50 years. But don't worry, everybody. He only served 19 of those years. He was paroled in 2017.
1: Hooray, he's walking the streets.
0: So you're right. It isn't used very much anymore. And the American Bar Association has language, has put out language that says... There shouldn't be anything to describe a bias as a term of as Mm -hmm. in terms of a defense.
1: I mean, it's like the equivalent of saying, "I had to kill him. He he was black."
0: Exactly. It's exactly. I was afraid for my life because I am racist. She was
1: she was blind. I had to kill her. You know, like any any any. Thing that a person has is part of their DNA. Yeah, you can't actually, just use that, your hatred of that arbitrary characteristic.
0: The bummers here are that only those four states have explicitly disallowed that, and they didn't start forbidding that until 2006, with the first actual specific leg- legislation happening in 2014. While those murders are more in the past, the one that just really keeps on going is transphobic murders Mm -hmm. continue to happen all the time. And this is something that's more often in recent years uh, applied to trans panic.
1: There is a fantastic group called the Justice Project, which is based out of Detroit. They are a group of trans women. And cis women who are all working together to make sure that men who kill trans sex workers face consequences. And that also, when trans women go to court to testify, even if they are sex workers who are normally very marginalized in a courtroom setting Mm -hmm. and don't trust law enforcement and don't trust attorneys, and that they are not misnamed, that they are not misgendered, that they are not bullied on the stand. And this is an amazing organization that's doing work to make sure that these people feel like law enforcement are their allies and that when their sisters are murdered, that they're going to get the same justice as anyone else. Right. It's so notable because it's so rare. Yeah. There is a fantastic podcast about it that you can listen to. The CBC did uh, on their Uncover podcast, season three, episode nine. They talked about the Justice Project, and I, I recommend you listen to it. It's really fantastic. I'm going to bring us back around to a little bit of a sunnier topic, which For is fuck's sake, please. how much queer people love the Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, there are, again, a thousand articles about what this show me- meant to me as a young gay man or, or how good it felt to, to see people whose love was my love treated with respect on primetime TV in the 80s. This kind of a thing. There are some, of course, I wouldn't say detractors, but there are some people who are like, hey, this wasn't perfect. Let's not pretend it was perfect. There's an IndieWire article I read that I'll link to where there was a criticism levied, which is that like any sitcom, the Golden Girl suffers from a formulaic flaw. A revolving door of recurring guests appear in one or two episodes and leave without any lasting impact. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes these are the queer characters. They aren't around for very long. Mostly their sexuality is used to push the narrative forward. Their gender or sexuality differences are narrative catalysts And the majority of the episode is spent waiting for the reveal, you know, of one character to find out this person's true identity. And uh, this person even said, though, my examination here isn't meant to demean the brilliance of the show or downplay the boundaries it pushed. But when you take a step back from personal adoration to look at the problems inherent in the depiction Even at a time when being gay was stigmatized, it doesn't mean that these depictions were flawless. For instance, they talk about how... Most of the time, these characters are lesbians or they're gay in name, not action, meaning they're sexless. You know, like they don't, you don't see them (laughs) um, kissing anyone, you don't see them even holding hands or like hitting on anyone or interacting. This turns them into characters that are sort of like easily consumed by the audience because they don't actually have any power or agency. Mm -hmm. However, it does say that Jean's impact on Sophia Rose and the other characters is all but forgotten by the next episode, Mm. which is all fair. That's all fair. However, it is important, as a counterpoint, this other article on Decider talked about how Jean doesn't get any side-splitting zingers, but she also doesn't come across as a caricature. Mm. The 80s was, as we said, defined by the AIDS crisis. The gay community was being disregarded at best and condemned at worst. All of these gay characters on The Golden Girls are played with dignity. We see Jean, a woman in mourning for her partner, and the girls relate. And the point is that... Her love and loss is the same as their love and loss. It's not flawless, but it could have easily veered into offensive slapstick comedy. The gay characters were almost never the butt of jokes or fear or gay panic, as we talked about. There are these little things like, you know, you may not be ready for men. You don't know the half of it. Right. That kind of a thing. But it's more about people's misunderstanding or lack of information yeah. and not like you're gross.
0: It felt more like along the lines of a, a farce. Yeah. You know, instead of being like, whoa, horrifying, I can't imagine this thing. It, yeah, it really yeah. felt it's like... It's like
1: you just said a thing you don't have the context it's for. It's a
0: sitcom. There's misunderstanding, humor all the time, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily mean that that misunderstanding is you know about something criminal or right. disgusting.
1: And there are other episodes of this show where we find out that Phil was a Mm cross-dresser. Blanche has a brother who's gay that gets married. A lot of times we think of older people as being inflexible and stuck in their ways and unable to adapt and bigoted, you know, sometimes. Or they just, well, back in my day, women were women and men were men, that kind of a thing. And to show these women able to welcome people into their lives that were unlike people they had previously interacted with and Mm. love them or and befriend them and say, Oh, I've never experienced like Rosa's. I don't really understand your feelings, but they're valid. Yeah. Um, I think that that is revolutionary, truly. Even even now watching it, it's like, this is not, doesn't make you cringe. It makes you cringe less than friends. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, how about that? And it's, a, it's 10 years older.
0: Wow. We really fucking did it with this episode. We rewrote <laughs> it. We re- Punched wrote, up the uh, jokes. We, we did some dark research and then came back around to fun research mm-hmm. in its way. Hey, who'd you want to hug, though? oh man, I always want to hug Rose, but no, you know what? I'm sorry. I always want to hug Ma because I feel like Ma gives the best hug. I want to hug all these
1: ladies. Yeah, I do too. I also, with this episode, I really want to hug Jean because she's going through it right now. She's in a, you know, in a mourning place and then she's just developed a crush on someone that's not going to reciprocate. And We've all been there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Jean needs a hug.
0: And I think we learned a whole shit ton about gay panic and, and this show and everything like that. Is there some, is there a way to encapsulate
1: that? Yeah, I guess I've always sort of known, because it's in the zeitgeist, that Golden Girls was like a seminal show for queer people, especially gay men, and doing the research for this episode gave me an understanding of why that is, or at least what the scholarship around it has been, and why, you know, I'm not a gay man, but what it has meant to people who have felt compelled to write about what it has meant to them.
0: Uh, For me, uh, I definitely learned a lot about a lot of things I didn't know, and... You know, because we like to advocate action when we can. If you are in California, Illinois, Rhode Island, or Nevada, relax. You're fine. You're fine. If you're not in one of those states, you have to do something. And the best uh, place to start is at lgbtbar.org. And we'll put a link of it on, the, um, on our website. Please go there. They have, we'll put up the site specifically for uh, their efforts to end gay and trans panic defense. So go there, especially, yeah, if you're not in those four states, it really needs to be something we we get off the books.
1: In addition to fighting for legislation that makes the judicial system fairer for all people, if you want to, in the vein of the Golden Girls, do something positive for LGBTQ plus youth – you should check out working with or donating to the National Youth Advocacy Coalition, which is a national group that fights to end discrimination against LGBT youth. And then also the Trevor Project, which is a 24-hour hotline for suicidal gay teens, free confidential and staffed by counselors. And we'll put the link to both of those organizations in the notes and on the website.
0: That's awesome. Chelsea, we did our second uh, Golden Girls episode real, real well. It was...
1: I just love this show. It's fantastic. It's so, always a pleasure to watch. For sure. We'll see you next time, okay? Thanks. Bring snacks. Bye. Bye.